Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, we are the Over the Hill Gang, ladies and gentlemen, from Sam Spence in the NFL Films Library, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrestling Revisit for Tuesday night, July the 14th, 2020. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, 1-605-562-0444-139926, pounding joints for the next hour. We are expecting the King and Queen of Madness, Michelle Lindodds and Gerard T. Smith, along with John Gross, the Human Suplex Machine, the King of Clubs, Mitt Patel, the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming. Shaq, the loose cannon from New York, and whoever else decides to come on. And we have a lot to talk about here tonight on Wrestling Visit. We are so glad you are joining us here in the dinner hour as we are getting you set up for what should be an exciting evening of competition. However, beginning here right now. Of course, 9 o'clock, we're going to have Revolution with GTS and I having your news headlines view, and also a breakdown of the Monday Night Raw show that happened on the Go Home show last night prior to this Sunday's Extreme Rules, the horror show. And let's just say after what we saw last night, it was a little bit better than expected, but it could have been a little bit more improved, let's just say. They did improve in some areas, but not a lot of areas. And of course, we'll talk more about that tonight on Revolution. This Thursday, don't forget, Wolfpack will be on 138055-pound, uh, excuse me, 1835521-pound, not 138055-pound, that is the code for tonight, 138521-pound is Thursday's show, of course, John will supply the birthdays and HGTS and I will have your news headlines, plus the Extreme Rules fight uh, predictions for uh, the horror show, and a look back at Fight for the Fall, and that will be coming up tomorrow night during the AEW NXT Wednesday Night War, which, by the way, we'll be talking about on the Wrestling Debate tomorrow night, episode 203, 139925 pounds. Gerard, Michelle, myself, the Empress, Sam Marie, Rickenbach, the JML Experience, the Big Guy, Hugh Jeff Teeters, and the rest of the gang, including Ronda Rush, 
right. Mr. Dosiri, Chad Hinshaw, as we said, Gerard and Michelle will be there. Of course, a bunch of other people will be all around the table. As we will be sitting in one big group, however, and talking about the wrestling headlines of the past and present, and also give you the AEW NXT breakdown. So you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock tomorrow night during the Wednesday Night War. Anyway, folks, we have got some great moments for you lined up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I picked some great moments out of the archives, ladies and gentlemen, and believe me, you're going to like some of the moments I picked tonight. So, folks, uh, sit back, put your feet up, ladies and gentlemen, get ready to listen to some great action here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to have some fun, 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 let's just say. And, of course, we're going to talk about one of our first great moments of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, as we take you back, ladies and gentlemen, to the year 1992, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, 1992. Of course, a lot went down during that year. Of course, including how one of the greatest, uh, let's just say, unique main events in SummerSlam history, ladies and gentlemen, for the WWF, if you will. While over in the competition in WCW, formerly the National Wrestling Alliance, however, they put on some pretty good shows, if you will. And of course, tonight we're going to take a look back at a couple of those shows, however, including, ladies and gentlemen, however, Super Brawl 2 from February of 1992, and also, ladies and gentlemen, Russell War 1992 and Beach Blast 92. So, folks, we're going to pick three great moments here, not just one, not just two, but uno, dos, tres, ladies and gentlemen, here in some of our favorite moments of the 1992 calendar campaign. And, folks, with that said, we are going to have a lot to discuss. Also, ladies and gentlemen, we will let you know, of course, some other things going on in the world today. Of course, as you know, a lot has happened, of course, with uh, everything happening and then some, however, mind you. And, of course, we'll talk about it here and now in just a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, as you know, according to reports, we understand the Cleveland Browns are talking right now as of this afternoon with Miles Garrett apparently signing a new contract with the team. A reported five-year deal, however, that could pay him big, big money. According to reports, Howard, he could be getting $25 million a season, let's just say, but reports now are saying it could be a seven-year deal or $22 million, if you will, a year, which would pay him around $140-some million. This, of course, Howard, considering the fact he might be one of the top five linemen in the entire league. Of course, Garrett had 10 sacks in 10 games a year ago. He is set to take a physical tomorrow, and if all goes well, he could be signing that reported deal no later by late tomorrow or sometime Thursday morning. Of course, we will keep you up to date with that story. Also, ladies and gentlemen, some other news going on. Of course, as you know, the Washington Redskins yesterday and Daniel Snyder, their owner, for the first time in 87 years, changed uh, their name, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after 87 years. And, of course, we do not know the new name of the team yet, but we will keep you up to date with that story. However, mind you, this, of course, after Daniel Snyder, who has been criticized many times over the years, not just by me, but every sports talk show host in the country and also every newspaper writer in the country, if you will. That being said, of course, however, mind you, he has decided to change the name, however, but has not revealed yet what that name will be. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, in Philadelphia, however, city officials will not have fans however, at Philadelphia Eagles games or Phillies games this year, and as a result, they will be forced to stay home. According to Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney, however, all large-scale events in the city of Philadelphia have been canceled through February next year because of the so-called pandemic. The Eagles and owner Jeffrey Lurie have not commented on it, but the Philadelphia Phillies, however, have commented on it as Thomas Farley, the health commissioner, and also the Philadelphia Phillies office people did say today, however, that they will not allow any people in the stadium, however, and Citizens Bank Ballpark or Lincoln Financial Field, nor the other places that they call home, however, mind you, the uh, Wells Fargo Center, if you will, however, mind you, however, involving the 76ers and the Flyers, however, they will not be allowed, however, in that stadium whatsoever until next February. So it looks like, unfortunately, however, Philadelphia is going to be playing a lot of road games or maybe be forced to shut down because of what has been happening due to the so-called coronavirus pandemic, if you will. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with the story. And also, ladies and gentlemen, Tiger Woods has already announced that he will be playing this week, however, for the first time in about two months, however, as far as golf goes. He will be playing at the Jack Nicholas Memorial Tournament in Dublin, Ohio, beginning on Thursday. Last week, of course, it was the WorkSafe Open that was held at the same course. Justin Thomas had a three-shot lead with three holes to go, but fell apart late in the round, however, and all sudden sudden death, however, against the youngster, however, despite playing pretty 
pretty well, however, for much of the weekend, however. As a result, Howard Thomas collapsed on the final three holes, however, mind you, and losing in the third hole of sudden death, if you will, finishing tied for first, Tower in the league, but overall second in the standings. That being said, it's going to be interesting to see what will be happening this weekend, however, as this will be Woods' first tournament, I believe, as far as uh, PGA goes since February, and his first uh, chance to pick up the golf club since the exhibition matchup he had with Tiger, excuse me, not Tiger, with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and also Phil Mickelson just about six weeks ago down in Florida. Of course, we will keep you up to date with this story. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us now go to our first moment of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. We take you back to February 1992 to the legendary Mecca Arena in Brewtown, USA, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or Milwaukee. As they say, ladies and gentlemen, let's just say here are your list of champions going into the big event, ladies and gentlemen, as follows. Lex Luger has been your world's champion since July of the previous year due to an issue, however, between WCW management Jim Hurd and also Ric Flair, in which Ric Flair walked out of the company, however, leaving behind the NWA world's title, or supposedly the NWA world's title, in the hands of Doug Dillinger, but they decided to take the title with him, however, despite the fact WCW security officials tried to stop Flair from doing so, if you will. Luger shortly thereafter was crowned a new champion, however, if you will, the previous year, however, at the so-called Great American Trash, I mean Bash of 1991, which was considered by many to be one of the worst, if not the worst show of 1991, and I would somewhat agree with that. That was not a very entertaining show, but we'll talk about that show, of course, coming up here in the next few weeks, however, in our flashback show, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Meanwhile, ravishing Rick Rude, however, who had not yet started the Dangerous Alliance with Paul Heyman, a.k.a. Paul E. Dangerously, if you will, however, was your U.S. champion. Uh, Rude's uh, soon-to-be partner and teammate and somewhat close advisor and friend Howard in the Dangerous Alliance, stunning Steve Austin, later on Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, was your world television champion over the last uh, previous June. Uh, Flair Arud had been your world's champion uh, as far as the U.S. goes, however, since November the previous year. Meanwhile, Jushin Thunder Liger, of course, who came over from Japan at times with WCW, ladies and gentlemen, competed against the light heavyweights, guys like Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrera, Sikosis, Conan, if you will, Super Kalo, Shindro Otani, and many others, however, including Eddie Guerrero, if you will, was your world's light heavyweight champion as he won the title Christmas night of 1991, if you will. Also, ladies and gentlemen, just a month before, the world's tag team champions, our Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Eaton, however, who would also be a part of the Dangerous Alliance team, however, and Arn Anderson and another faction, unlike the Four Horsemen, however, was uh, holding the title with former Midnight Express member, beautiful Bobby Eaton, if you will, however, as far as the tag team champions go. And as far as the U.S. tag team champions go, however, which uh, was defended for, I believe, one of the last few times on this uh, particular show, however, the champions were currently the TaylorMade Man, a.k.a. Terrence Taylor, a.k.a. Terrific Terry Taylor, formerly the Red Rooster, and a guy who actually at one time also held tag team gold back in the mid-'80s, if you will, the guy who always had the mount, the elbow, if you will, and the figure four, Besides Ric Flair, the one and only Greg the Hammer Valentine. Anyway, with that said, how are about 5,000 people packed into this venue? How are here in Milwaukee? And with that said, let's talk about what happened here on this show. Your hosts for the show are good old Jim Ross, how are and Jesse the Body Ventura, one of the few times that Ross and Ventura would team up together. Ventura, of course, would be out of the company a few months after this due to a riff with management, however, while JR, of course, shortly thereafter would take his bags, how and pack up and head from south to north, if you will, going up to the WWE, if you will, to become one of the new bigger voices of the WWF at the time. Anyway, with that said, it's time for our first match of the evening for the light heavyweight title, Jushin Thunder Liger and Brian Pillman. These two, of course, would meet three years later on the very first episode of Monday Night Nitro, Howard, Minneapolis, Minnesota. But on this particular night, they would meet for the light heavyweight championship here at Super Bowl II, Howard Electric Boogaloo. That being said, of course, uh, as you know, Liger had won the title away from Pillman, if you will, however. Christmas night in Atlanta, and now Pillman was looking to regain the belt back once again from Liger. These two had a pretty good uh, respect for one another and also admiration for the uh, other, however, by having some terrific matches, including this one. Uh, this was a fantastic opener, no question about it. went about 17 minutes long, and in the end, Howard Pillman, however, mind you, Howard picked up the win, Howard, and regained the belt, however, if you will, Howard, against Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, my thoughts about this match, which is an unbelievable match, a five-star classic, not to be missed, one of the better matches of the year, no question about it, and if you're looking for a crisp, light heavyweight division, around 200 to 210, 215 pounds, 
and uh, the guys who would set the stage later on down the road in the 90s in the CW division, or the Cruiserweight division, this was it. And speaking of Cruiserweights, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in now the one and only King of Clubs, ladies and gentlemen, from Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, down there in Ted Turner land, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mitt Patel. Mitt, we say good evening to you. We are just getting ready to start our first moment of Super Bowl II, and we just talked about the first match of that memorable show. Jushin Thunder Liger, Brian Pillman, how are your thoughts about the opening match at Super Bowl II in Milwaukee? I enjoyed it. Yes, I just said the same thing. It was a fantastic match. I said, you talk about two of the best cruiserweights in that time. How I mean, you could not name two better light heavyweights than these guys. These guys could run circles all over you. I mean, these guys kept you entertained, and this would be the setting the stage for the cruiserweight division that would, we would know later on in the 90s with other guys, like I've mentioned already, some of the guys that have already competed in that division over the years, including Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Shinro Otani, Juventud Guerrero, Sikosis, Conan, if you will, Shinro Otani, uh, among others, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, some very, very fast-paced action, and this one was definitely fast-paced, to say the least. Speaking of fast-paced, however, up next, our unique match, however, reminds you, how involving uh, two other unique people, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes, of course, looking to get payback on Larry the Living Legend Sabisco from my hometown of Pittsburgh, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, and stunning Steve Austin with Medusa, Sabisco and Medusa, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a member at one time, however, of also, ladies and gentlemen, however, of the Dangerous Alliance, of course, uh, Windham was looking for payback on Sabisco after Sabisco basically broke Windham's hand the previous October and kept him out for about three months if you will. As a result, Wyndham and the natural Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Goldust, were looking to go apeshit on Sabisco and Austin on this night. And let's just say a very unique match, how it reminds you. And as a result, how it reminds you, however, uh, Wyndham and uh, Rhodes pick up the win over Sabisco and Austin and uh, put a crack in the Dangerous Alliance's uh, plans early on here on this particular evening. Your thoughts about Wyndham and Rhodes defeating Sabisco and uh, stunning Steve Austin here in our second match at Super Bowl Two. Okay, apparently the club, King of Clubs, Mitt Patel, we just lost him. Hopefully we'll have him back on the line with us here in just a few moments. Unfortunately, we are having some technical difficulties here. Hopefully we'll be here back with him shortly. Uh, I can honestly say about that match, that was a very good match. Of course, uh, Wyndham was looking for payback after what Larry had done to him. Larry, of course, at one time, a student of the living legend Bruno San Martino, coming from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Also married Vern Gagne's uh, daughter, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, at one time was the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, the AWA, of course, had pretty much gone out of business uh, the previous two years. However, after Fern Gagne had some, uh, let's just say, money issues and personal issues, however, with uh, his talent, if you will. And let's just say uh, Larry figured how he can keep on wrestling. Of course, Larry would slow down his career shortly thereafter and then decide to hang it up, concentrating on as a commentator and also as an executive for the company. Uh, not to say Larry was a bad wrestler, because he was a pretty good wrestler. I mean, he had some great battles over the years with guys like Bruno San Martino, uh, among others. Nick Bockwinkel was another great guy he got into a feud with throughout the 80s, how in the old AWA territory in Minnesota. And also had uh, feuded with uh, Vern's son, uh, Greg Gagne, if you will, who was sort of like a brother-in-law to him, surprisingly, if you will. But go figure. Anyway, that being said, that was a good second match, no question about it. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, for the World Tag Team Championships, ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful alliance is back at it again, ladies and gentlemen. This time, Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton with Medusa taking on the Steiner brothers. This was the Steiner's first major shot, however, since they were stripped of the belts the previous July when Scott had torn his bicep. But the question is, however, mind you, could Scott be 100%? Would he be ready to go? Meanwhile, executive Kip Allen Frey, who had taken over, ladies and gentlemen, for... Uh, Basically, however, one of the WCW higher-ups, if you will, Ole Anderson, who was fired, however, at this time, decided to not allow Paul E. Heyman at ringside and instead told Paul E. he would have to stay in the back, however, as well as the upcoming match that would happen later in the evening, if you will, however, mind you. And as a result, however, mind you, uh, Medusa ended up basically being the... Uh, chauffeur slash manager, if you will, for the evening for the Dangerous Alliance. And the question is, would the Alliance come back on top and hold the gold again? Well, we would have to wait and see. Anyway, in the end, however, uh, Scott and company looked like they were ready to win. But then, however, mind you, however, referee Randy Anderson, however, is officially awake after being knocked out late in the match. And the original referee, Mike Atkins, however, says that he was given a suplex by Rick Stein, which means how the champs now win by DQ and will retain their belts. As a result, the fans were not very happy about uh, 
unfortunately, Arn and Bobby getting the gold once again and holding on to the gold, despite the fact that the Steiners thought they had a chance to get the gold back around their waist. Again, uh, very good match, uh, very good chemistry, I would say. Arn Anderson, a very good wrestler, no doubt about one of my favorite guys of all time, even when he was a member of the Four Horsemen and Brain Busters in the 80s. Uh, Bobby Eaton, always a very vastly superior, underrated wrestler, in my opinion, teaming up with guys like Sweet Stan Lane, Howard and the Midnight Express, working with James E. Cornette. Uh, at times, Howard in the 90s, Howard, he... Uh, had some pretty good matches, no question about including one of them with Ric Flair. However, by the mid to late 90s, however, he would develop some health issues, if you and some personal issues as well. But nevertheless, uh, I still think Bobby Eaton is a very, very talented wrestler. And Arn Anderson, as I've said before, uh, I can always say Arn Anderson with a straight face is one of the toughest, not one of the meanest SOBs in the ring as far as out of the ring goes. I've heard the same account, but I've also heard he's a pretty decent guy once you get to know him. Nevertheless, a very good world title tag team matchup here to say this with four great guys, however. And at the time, this is when Scott Steiner was not in his crazy psycho phase, if you will, let's just say. Speaking of Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to our next moment here in uh, Super Bowl II, ladies and gentlemen. A match that would uh, definitely have the people talking, mind you. It would be, however, mind you, Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship, of course. Uh, Rude at the time, of course, had talked bad about Steamboat and his family, along with Medusa and Pauly, for weeks on end. Uh, as a result, Steamboat was looking to get retribution here on Ravishing Rick Rude. They had had some previous history prior to this in WWE in the mid-'80s and had some interesting matches. But in 1992, they put on some pretty good matches. And this was one of their uh, matches that was entertaining, although I still think the next uh, moment that they had, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit, as far as what happened in one of their other matches later that year, turned out to be one of the best matches of the year between those two guys, and we'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. But that being said, uh, Ricky Steamboat came to ringside with his own personal bodyguard slash ninja. The question is, however, mind you, however, the question is who would be uh, his bodyguard slash ninja protecting Steamboat from uh, the dangerous alliance in Rick Rude and Medusa, who once again was out there supporting uh, Ravishing Rick Rude since Paulie was not allowed at ringside. Well, as a result, however, suddenly, however, we found out who the ninja was, and it turned out to be that dastardly evil mad genius himself, Paul E. Heyman, if you will. And as a result, the fans were absolutely irate. They were furious about this. In fact, Kip Allen Frey uh, went to suspend... Uh, Paulie yet again following this action and forced Paulie to sit out for an extended period of time after attacking Steamboat with his own personal cordless cell phone, helping Ravishing Rick Rude win. As a result, the fans were irate to see uh, Ravishing Rick Rude once again hold on to the U.S. title, despite the fact that Steamboat had a chance to get the U.S. title off of him, however, mind you. But because of Paulie, how attacking him as a mysterious ninja, how I'm bashing him across the head, referring to Steamboat, how uh, let's just say Ravishing Rick Rude and the Dangerous Alliance came out looking pretty good here on this night, despite the fact they only suffered one setback on the night. Uh, it could have been two, however, it could have been three, but instead it turned out to be one. And the other two, of course, were very questionable uh, finishes, to say the least, but nevertheless a very unique match, to say the least. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we go to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. However, mind you, is Lex Luger, of course, with Harley Race taking on, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Luger's uh, buddy and sometimes uh, rival, if you will, the man they call Sting, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, Sting looking to uh, get a little retribution here. Uh, uh, that being said, of course, uh, we definitely uh, were hoping that the Stinger were looking to, was looking to get payback in the biggest way possible and uh, definitely take away the World's Heavyweight title. As a result, Luger, of course, was uh, with his manager, uh, his second manager of choice, if you will. Of course, previously he had had a manager in the form of James J. Dillon, ladies and gentlemen. However, if you will, however... Anyway, uh, that being said... Uh, we saw what happened here on this particular night. The question was, would Lex Luger, the total package, who had been champion since the previous uh, July, let's just say, hold on to the championship a little longer? Would Sting find a way to sting his former, uh, let's just say, friend, if you will, however, and sometime rival the total package Lex Luger? Well, as a result, let's just say the Stinger, of course, ended up winning here. Uh, Luger, of course, however, had not wrestled on TV however, since the previous December. And the question was, however, uh, he would be on his way out WWE was on his way to WWE shortly thereafter, however, because of uh, some issues with just like Ric Flair had had with management. Uh, he began to talk with Vince McMahon around this time about joining a new organization that Vince was calling the WBF. And, folks, I'll tell you, that is just a waste of time. That was a waste of uh, momentum and 
steam and push, no pun intended, if you will. This was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, Luger had not competed for about a month or so and was actually talking with Vince during the same time while uh, sitting at home, uh, basically not defending his belt or not being brought to television, if you will. However, like I said... Anyway, that's uh, being said, a uh, very interesting, um, like I said, match, however, to say the least, however... Uh, like I said, however, a uh, very unique match are, uh, between these two, however, like I said, uh, very entertaining, unique, no question about it, however. Uh, that being said, however, uh, very unique match, no question about it, very entertaining for the most part. Uh, the question is, however, who would come out on top at the end of the night, however, would be interesting to see. Uh, as a result, Sting surprisingly uh, picked up the win, however, mind you. And as a result, however, mind you, however, he would become the new heavyweight champion, ending Luger's reign, forcing Luger then to go off to the WWE for a brief time, however, shortly thereafter, to, uh, let's just say, become the total package, a.k.a. the narcissist, if you will, which was really not a great gimmick, in my opinion, but nevertheless, uh, it is what it is. Uh, that being said, Luger ends up uh, dropping the title, however, here to the Stinger. And Stinger, of course, would hold on to that title until late 92, however, if you will. And we'll talk more about that as well coming up at a future show. Uh, final thoughts about this show. I would give this a thumbs in the middle towards thumbs up. I thought the best match of the night, no question about it, was the Lager-Pillman uh, match. I thought it was entertaining. It had some great moments. Uh, the really non-entertaining match, even though it was an okay finish, I would say it was the main event. But, yeah, overall it is what it is. So that being said... That's what I thought of Super Brawl number 2 from Milwaukee. So there you go, folks. Those are my thoughts about that show. Anyway, let's give you the number again, ladies and gentlemen. As we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, one 562 pounds This is Tuesday, July 14, 2020. The Iceman here. Of course, we are hoping to have some more people joining us here. We were hoping, of course, that the King Club's Mitt Patel was joining us. And unfortunately, due to a prior obligation, unfortunately, Mitt, of course, will try to get back on with us, at least I hope he does, here before the end of the show. But uh, we did hear from him a few minutes ago. Uh, hopefully we'll be having him back on the air with us here in just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, with that said, however, uh, we'll definitely let you know what's going on as far as that goes, Howard. So you definitely want to uh, let you know as far as that goes, Howard, mind you. But with that said, however, uh, time will only tell. So, uh, We'll let you know how, huh? like I said, huh? and uh, of course, uh, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about that. Of course, coming up tonight, as we said, we, we're going to have a lot to talk about here tonight, here in just a little bit, folks, so you definitely want to stay tuned. Uh, our next moment, ladies and gentlemen, of course, as we keep going here on our show, is taking you back now to May of 1992, ladies and gentlemen, however, for Russell War. And here are your champions, of course. Everything is the same except for one, the world's television champion, of course. Since April, ladies and gentlemen, has been Barry Windham. Barry Windham, surprisingly, just a few weeks before this show, surprisingly won the world's television champion. But with that said, here are some of the matches that you did not see how are on the show that did get cut from the show, if you will. Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Merrow, took care of Tracy Smothers Howard with his finisher, the kiss that don't miss inside of seven minutes. Scotty Flamingo, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, a.k.a. Uh, Scott Levy, Raven, whatever you want to call him, pin Marcus Alexander Young, Buff Bagwell, after reversing a roll-up into one of his own. The Super Invader defeated Todd Champion with a powerbomb. And Big Josh, a.k.a. Matt Bourne, Howard, formerly joined the clown, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, who was known as the maniac who teamed up with his father, Tough Tony Bourne, back in the 70s and 80s of Portland Wrestling of Don Owens Territory, took on former Rock and Roll Express member and a member of the so-called York Foundation, if you will, uh, Richard Morn, who would leave the company shortly thereafter, however, mind you, and the group itself, however, after the Northern Exposure, a.k.a. a seat at Centon Splash. Your host of the uh, show, once again, J.R. and Jesse Ventura, this turned out to be one of the last few times that these two would work together, however, mind you, if you will, however on this show. With that said, here's what happened. Our first match of the night, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, Terry Taylor, the tailor-made man, ladies and gentlemen, teaming up with Greg the Hammer Valentine, ladies and gentlemen, taking on the Freebirds, of course, of Michael P.S. Hayes, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, and of course, Jimmy Jam Garvin, if you will, Howard, as a result, however, mind you, however, and uh, like I said, I'm just looking here. As a result, however, the Freebirds end up winning the U.S. Tag Team titles away from the tailor-made man. 
and of course, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Surprisingly, however, these uh, titles would be gone within two months, however, but uh, one of the last few times that the, the titles would be defended and also switch hands would occur on this particular night as the Freebirds were flying high, if you will, and for good reason, if you will, as they defeated the Taylor Made Man and Greg the Hammer Valentine here in the opener. Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good opener. However, it was entertaining for what it was, and that being said, that's what I thought of it. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Simmons, of course, ladies and gentlemen, in the JYD taking on Curtis Mr. Hughes and Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack. JYD, of course, had come in through the crowd and saved Ron Simmons from a beatdown from Mick Foley and Abdullah the Butcher back at Super Brawl. But now Abdullah is gone yet again, ladies and gentlemen, and Curtis Mr. Hughes is his replacement. That ended up uh, being a very unique match. However, mind you, Ron Simmons versus Mr. Hughes with Mick Foley as his somewhat new... Uh, friend, if you will, and Ron Simmons, the former Florida State All-American, the three-time uh, All-Conference uh, pro, All-Pro, ladies and gentlemen, formerly a Bobby Bowden school, uh, would defeat uh, Mr. Hughes on this night, however, with Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Mick Foley, in his corner. As a result, however, uh, this went about five and a half minutes. Not a bad match, but not a great match. I thought it could have been a little bit better in the end, however. Simmons picks up the win. Of course, Simmons would have his biggest win to date later on in 1992 by becoming the first African-American world's heavyweight champion, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk more about that, of course, also in the next few weeks, if you will, so you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, how a very unique, uh, mind you, however, uh, a very great match here, to say the least, however, as two former friends, now bitter enemies, going at it, however, the Z-Man, Tom Zink, taking on his former buddy and cohort, Brian Pilm, for the light heavyweight title, Zink, of course, was not happy that Pillman had regained the title, however, from, of course, Jujin Thunder Liger shortly after Super Brawl and began to uh, question his friend's value, and Pillman, of course, told him it was nothing personal, it was just business. Uh, Zink decided to play the jealousy uh, sympathy card here around this time and demand a match against his former teammate and good friend, if you will, let's just say. And as a result, we saw what happened here, however, and that was a very unique match, however, to say the least, however. And uh, like I said, however... Uh, that being said, however, mind you, a very interesting, uh, unique encounter, let's just say, however. Uh, let's just say, however. Uh, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, this went about 14 to 16, near 16 and a quarter minutes. In the end, however, uh, that being said, Pillman ended up picking up the win and defeating his former buddy and uh, cohort, if you will, the Z-Man Tom Zink. Uh, my thoughts about this match, this was a very good match, very entertaining. In fact, this was the match of the night, in my opinion. However, it was one of the matches of the night, I should say. Uh, but that being said, that's what I thought of it overall. So there you go. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another unique tag team match, ladies and gentlemen. However, mind you, it is the Steiner Brothers taking on the wrestling duo of Tatsumi Fujinami and Takayuki Aizuka. The winner, of course, would get a shot at the IWTGP Tag Team Champions, Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow, if you will. Uh, mind you, however, Aizuka, of course, however, is known as the Submission Master and one of the most technically sound in wrestling wrestlers in New Japan's history. The Steiners, of course, uh, holding on to the gold. Of course, the Steiners somehow, someway, however, had won the gold, however, just a few weeks before, believe it or not, however, prior to this Russell War show, if you will. Uh, as a result, this match went 18 and a half minutes. Uh, this was a very good match, however, mind you, again, a very great match with uh, some really good fast-paced wrestling, uh, especially Tatsumi Fujinami, who at one time was known as the Young Dragon back in the I believe early 80s, if I'm not mistaken, and also competed with Antonio Noki and other people in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, to see him get another uh, decent match here on a WCW show, especially after he had fought Ric Flair the previous year at the very first Super Brawl Hour in St. Petersburg, Florida, I thought this was a very good match. Uh, to bring his uh, fellow countryman Takayuki Ayazuka, ladies and gentlemen, the submission master, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, definitely gave the signers all he could handle. The signers, of course, would earn that IWGP title shot by giving all they could handle, and then somehow by going up against Bammer and Vader. Uh, this was very entertaining, I gotta say. This was very good. So, yeah, overall, this was not disappointing by any means. It's the only disappointing match of the show, however, the entire show, other than uh, the second match, however, other than the second match was hardly anything at all. All these matches were pretty decent, however, somewhat, however. 
And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let us go now to the main event, ladies and gentlemen. The War Games match beyond uh, Thunderdome, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And here's who it was, ladies and gentlemen. It was Sting, Ricky Steamboat, The Natural, Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham. And a guy who at one time Sting thought he could trust, however, but didn't know if he could trust him again. The Russian Nightmare, Nikita Koloff, taking on the Dangerous Alliance of Rick Ruth, Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Beautiful Bobby, and Larry Sabisco with Paul E. and Medusa at ringside. Paul E. was apparently now back allowed at ringside, however, despite the fact that Kip Allen Frey tried to suspend him for this match after what had happened prior to following Super Brawl. Uh, this match went about 25 minutes, and I'll tell you what, folks, if you want to talk about one of the best War Games matches of all time, however, up there with the like of the first War Games of 87, Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. I mean, this is definitely it. Of course, uh, Sabisco, uh, of course, would be betrayed by his fellow uh, Alliance members after the matchup, however, mind you. And, of course, the feud with the Dangerous Alliance would start to uh, crack apart and fall apart shortly thereafter. But uh, if you want to talk about some real hard-hitting action here with uh, definitely 10 of the finest uh, wrestlers in the ring, however, it's definitely this one, no question about it. The squadron and the Alliance definitely tore it down here in Jacksonville on this night, however, in Jacksonville, Florida, at the Jacksonville Coliseum. Uh, just absolutely hard-hitting beyond words, however. And like I said, if you have never watched this match or seen this on the War Games DVD that came out about three or four years ago by WWE, however, called War Games, uh, WWE's most brutal matches, this is one you definitely, definitely owe yourself to watching, besides the very first War Games and all the War Games matches for that matter. But you want to talk about two of the best War Games moments over the years in history, up until a few years ago, folks when NXT decided to bring back war games for the first time in almost 20-some years, uh, especially in 1987 and 1992. You talk about two of the finest matches that happened within a five-year stretch or even a 10-, 15-year stretch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you definitely owe it to yourself to check this out. Like I said, folks, this one is definitely, uh, like I said, not... Uh, this is definitely, however... Like I said, however... Uh, like I said, however, uh, very entertaining match. Like I said, however, uh, like I said, you want to talk about one of the most, uh, unique matches of all time. And like I said, uh, like I said, it is definitely one of the best matches of all time. However, uh, by far, again, uh, very, very unique match. Uh, very, very entertaining match. And like I said, it is one that is definitely not to be missed. And folks, uh, as I said, you owe it to yourself to watch this match. Uh, overall, I thought this show, again, just like Super Bowl, was a pretty good show. Uh, it's hard to say what the best match was, but you know what? I'm going to go on record as saying it. I've said it many times already here on the show, and I'm going to say it again one more time. I think the best match of the night, no question about, was this main event. I mean, it went 25 minutes long, and these guys absolutely beat the holy crap out of each other. And if you're looking for just hard-hitting, bruise them up, this flying, uh, clotheslining, takedown, takedowns, and uh, just drop kicks and arm bars and submissions, and basically asking for no mercy and no nonsense wrestling. Here, this is definitely one you definitely owe to yourself to watch. Again, an absolute unbelievable treat of a match, and it is definitely one that you will not be disappointed whatsoever. I know I haven't been disappointed. In fact, it's one of my favorite matches of all time up there, no question about it. It is just really that good. And again, folks, it is just. What can I say? Wow, wow, wow. It is it is just, without question, very entertaining. And you definitely owe it to yourself how to watch this match. So, again, folks, if you're looking for a very, very unique... Um, not that, folks. If you're looking for a very unique uh, match that just definitely has the crowd on their feet, screaming, hollering, yelling for more, how and just continuing to just not uh, disappoint her, this is one that you will definitely not be disappointed by any means. It is definitely one you will not be disappointed on, so definitely check it out. There you go. All right, folks, that's Russell Ward 1992, folks. And now, folks, ladies and we're going to go to our final moment of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, before we wrap it up here this evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we take you back, of course, to, let's just say, the following month, following Russell Ward 1992, ladies and gentlemen, and that is Beach Blast 1992, held in Mobile, Alabama, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, here are the list of champions going into the show. Of course, the signers are still tight. Everything's the same about this, however, uh, mind you. So, again, nothing has changed. This time we're heading from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way up to Mobile, if you will. Mobile, Alabama, to be exact, in the Mobile Civic Center. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, here is what, like I said, huh? And uh, that being said, however, 
Uh, your first match of the evening, however, ladies and gentlemen, is Brian Pillman versus Scotty Flamingo for the light heavyweight championship. Around this time, of course, Bill Watts started coming into his own as one of the new guys in WCW, however, after taking over Kip Allen Frey. Uh, prior to this, however, if you will, as the new executive, as a result, however, he decided to, uh, let's just say, enforce some rules, if you will, let's just say, in the world of uh, WCW, telling people not to jump off the top rope, not to go flying over the top rope or anything like that, otherwise you'd be disqualified. A lot of people uh, did not like Bill Watts at the time and what he stood for, but some people did. Uh, that being said, uh, Watts had his own rules and own regulations, let's just say, if you will. Some people could stand him, some people couldn't. I, on the other hand, had mixed reactions when I watched him, uh, let's just say, as an executive, and I wasn't really too fond of him, let's just say, but hey, it is what it is, you know. What can I say? Um, before we continue on, ladies and gentlemen, I do have some uh, breaking news coming in now, ladies and gentlemen. According to uh, reports, ladies and gentlemen, we understand. Uh, we'll talk about this here in just a little bit. I believe, according to reports, ladies and gentlemen, reports going around about something. I'm not sure what's going on here, but before we get to that, uh, we can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that tonight are on AEW Dark here. The matches that you will see, ladies and gentlemen, it will be Brian Cage, uh, who will be going after the AEW Championship, ladies and gentlemen. And currently, and now we see the King of Clubs, Mitt Patel, has rejoined us now. Mitt, welcome back, Howard. We have not been wondering what happened to you, but you picked, uh, I'm glad you're joining us here for our well, final moment. The I don't know if it's talk to you or whatever. It hung me up. Okay, well, we're glad you're back. Uh, we just talked about, uh, we, like I said, we end up talking quite a bit about, uh, like I said, uh, Russell, uh, like I said, Russell War 1992 and already uh, Super Brawl 2. Uh, real quick, I was just about to talk about some of the matches that are coming up on AEW Dark tonight, including the debut, or should I say not the debut, but the debut anyway, yes, I should say, of the FTW Championship, however, if you will, however, on Dark, as Brian Pillman Jr. will be uh, getting his crack tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, against John Moxley, but we're taking, Brian Pillman Jr. will be taking on Brian Cage, who, of course, will be defending his FTW belt, Brian Pillman Jr., the son of Brian Pillman. Also, Serpent Dicko and Dr. Luther will be taking on Brady Pierce and Pineapple Pete, a.k.a. Sugar Dunkerton. Ricky Starks, the former NWA Power Superstar, ladies and gentlemen, who made his debut a few weeks ago, will be once again on Dark This Week, taking on Robert Anthony. Diamante, ladies and gentlemen, Roche Chanel will take on Allie and Brandy Rhodes of the Nightmare Collective. If you will, Allie and Brandy Rhodes, of course, having their own guys, QT Marshall, and of course, uh, the wife of Cody Rhodes and the brother-in-law of Dustin Rhodes, sister-in-law of Dustin Rhodes, if you will. Michael Naka, 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 Naka Zala, there we go, versus the uh, everyone's uh, favorite little pipsqueak, as they call him, our Marco Stunt, who I think is super talented, if you ask me. The Jungle Express, speaking of the Jungle Express, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy Jack Perry will be taking on Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon with the librarian Lavia Bates, a.k.a. Blue Pants. And in the main event, ladies and gentlemen, Will Hobbs, Howard, Joe Alonzo, and Sean Dean will be taking on the Dark Evil Gimp Order of Pulp Fiction, ladies and gentlemen, of Evil Car Plane Uno, Mr. Brody Lee, the Exalted One, possibly Colt Boom Boom Cabana, and yes, Stu, don't call me Dick Burt Ward Grayson, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. So that being said, that will be uh, going on tonight on Dark. Uh, but we did talk, of course, a little bit about, of course, uh, Super Bowl Two. One of the matches we did talk about, of course, is Lager and Pillman, as we talked about with you before we got off the line. And we'll run by the matches again real quick and get your thoughts on each match here of those shows before we get into our final moment of the evening, which is uh, Beach Blast 92. Our next match that we were talking about with you uh, before we lost you moments ago was Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Larry Sabisco and Steve Austin of the Dangerous Alliance. Windham and Rhodes, of course, looking for payback on Sabisco and Austin, especially Sabisco, after Sabisco broke Windham's hand in October at Halloween Havoc and had been out for three months with an injury. Windham and Rhodes pick up the win here on this uh, particular night. Your thoughts about this tag team matchup of Wyndham and Rhodes being Sabisco and Stone Cold Steve Austin, then known as Stunning Steve Austin. Yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed it. Yes, yes, indeed. Up next, another unique moment. Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby Ian taking on the Steiner Brothers. The Steiner Brothers, of course, going after the world's tag team titles. Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby, of course, 
uh, and beautiful Bobby were taking on Steiner. So Steiner, we talked about Scott Steiner had a bicep injury, and of course he had been stripped of the belt shortly thereafter. How and this was their first shot. How at the titles. How Paulie, of course, was not allowed at ringside. How because of uh, some issues. However, but we would see uh, Paulie later on in this particular show. Your thoughts about Arn Anderson and beautiful Bobby defeating the Steiners, despite the fact everyone thought the Steiners had the match won, but then it was reversed back to Anderson and Eden thanks to the referee's original call. Yeah, this was an interesting matchup. Yes, yes indeed. Talk about an interesting matchup. This was another great one, but this wasn't as good as their matchup that would happen at Beach Bus, but still was entertaining. Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat with his own personal ninja. Rick Rude was with Medusa, but the uh, ninja turned out to be Paulie in disguise. And let's just say Rick Rude got a cheap win on Steamboat. And of course, this would set up the continued feud between Rude and Steamboat. Your thoughts about ravishing Rick Rude and the dragon, Ricky Steamboat, on this one? Classic. Yes. Yes, indeed. And then our main event here at Super Bowl II, however, Lex Luger, the champion with Harley Race, however, who at one time was a former foe of Ric Flair's, however, if you will, taking on Sting. Of course, Ric Flair, of course, as you know, had gone to the WWE, however, because of some personal issues with Bill uh, Bill or Jim Hurd, if you will. As a result, Luger would shortly thereafter leave to go to the WWE to become the narcissist tower and do the whole World Body Federation gimmick and the WBF gimmick, which was one of the worst gimmicks of all time, if you ask me. But Sting would become the new champion, defeating his former teammate and rival, the uh, total package here on this uh, particular night. Your thoughts about Luger dropping the strap to Sting here as the main event of Super Brawl 2 concludes. Um, yeah, this was fun. An interesting match. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, one thing I did uh, mention, of course, how our, and we'll talk about uh, Russell War 19 next, how our, according to reports, how we understand, how our, according to reports, how we understand following last night's, however, mind you, however, there has been talk, however, that apparently, however, mind you, however, we un- understand last night how on Talking Raw, however, mind you, Raw Talk, I should say, Samoa Joe actually asked Kari Sane about possibly facing Asuka for the World Women's title possibly next Monday following Asuka's matchup against Sasha Banks. Sane said, if you want that match, then I'm ready for you, however. Uh, very unique uh, cl- uh, unique uh, response here by Kari Sane of the Kabuki Wars, uh, throwing out the challenge to her good friend Asuka, however, and Asuka actually responding in kind, however, to her very good friend, uh, Kari Sane. Your thoughts about this whole thing? I mean, if it's happening, good for you. But I don't see yes. it happening to probably evolution. Yes. And uh, other news, of course, reporting, of course, we understand uh, the viewership for Raw was not very good yet again, however, mind you, however... And as a result, it set a new record low, mind you. According to reports, how they did 1.58 million viewers, uh, 1.59 and 1.50 for a total of 1.56. So they went down from 1.68 to 1.56, however, uh, for the viewership uh, from a week ago to last night. What are your thoughts about the viewership taking a big hit here, despite the fact that there was a, a pretty good main event involving the Kabuki Wars against Boyle and Sasha last night? Uh... I mean, you can't have everybody's going to struggle in the rest of business right now because of the pandemic, though. Yes. Yes, indeed. And, of course, a lot of people also talking about last night, of course, the return not only of Bianca Valera making her first return to Raw in about six weeks, however, if you will, however, mind you, however. We also saw the return of the submission magician, Shayna Baszler, if you will, however. Uh, some funny things, you're going to laugh at this, however. After what happened with Robert Stone, Robert E. last week, however, uh, Oni or Candice to take a little jab at Robert Stone today on Twitter, saying he saw Stone drinking water out of a pond like a cat today, and said the following, Just walked by at Robert Stone at WWE, and he was drinking water out of the pond like a cat, and won't look me in the eye. Robert Stone simply responded to their can later on by saying, You blew our chance. Uh, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, he's telling the truth. Yes, yes, indeed. And we also now heard the reason why, besides Charlotte Flair, why she is out of action, however, besides so-called cosmetic surgery, as she says. There is now talk that apparently, and apparently Justin brought this to my attention, and maybe you brought this to my attention too, or Justin, but I have heard now there is talk, however, apparently the Queen is planning to do a reality TV show. Yes, folks, Charlotte Flair... I did. That's me. 
that was you? Okay, yes. You brought this to my attention earlier today. Let's get your thoughts about uh, Charlotte uh, doing the reality show. I mean, personally, in my opinion, I think it's a joke. It's a joke, but we don't know if it's called the House of Flair. It's going to be her and the dad and stuff. Right, right, exactly. Good so, point. Good point, indeed. Good point, indeed. Well, we know right now on FS1 they're showing the replay of the Survivor Series 2016, so there we go. Anyway, let's talk now about Russell War 1992, however, and get into that moment real quick and get your thoughts on the matches. Of course, our first match of the night, the Taylor-Made Man, a.k.a. Terrific Terry Taylor, and Greg the Hammer Valentine versus the Freebirds. The Freebirds, of course, looking to capture the U.S. Tag Team titles, which they did win. Unfortunately, however, it would be two months later before they... Uh, would end those belts, however, mind you. Uh, but the Freebirds would be one of the last teams to hold that gold. Your thoughts about this match? Yeah, it was interesting. Yes, yes, indeed. Up next, Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk Howard, taking on Curtis Mr. Hughes Howard with Mick Foley as his, uh, let's just say, helper. And Simmons making short work of Mr. Hughes. Your thoughts about this one? Where's everybody else? What's that? Where's everybody else? What do you mean? John and Fonzie and all them. Oh, I tried getting a hold of them before we started the show, and I gave him a heads up on that. And by the way, uh, uh, John is still taking applications, I think, till tonight or tomorrow, uh, before Fight for the Fallen, and also for the Extreme Rules Challenge, so you might want to sign up for that. I tried to get a hold of them this afternoon. And they said they were going to come on, but uh, hopefully we'll be hearing from them on uh, Revolution. I tried calling them uh, earlier today, and I told them, I said, guys, we're doing the show at 7, but they couldn't make it, uh, so they're not here. But uh, let's get your thoughts about Simmons and Mr. Hughes on this one. Yeah, this was an interesting matchup. So. Up next, another great match here. Uh, Brian Pillman versus the Z-Man Tom Zinkauer for the light heavyweight title. Uh, two former friends and partners now somewhat... Not seen eye to eye Z-Man, of course. Tom Zink, we know about him uh, in the days as uh, formerly of the K&M connection with Ricky Martel back in the 80s, however, and also trying to feud with Arn Anderson for the TV title in the early 90s of WCW, trying to go after the light heavyweight title against his former buddy and partner, uh, the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, this was a fun match to watch. So Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, a very unique moment up here next, however, the tag team titles on the line, Rick and Scott Steiner versus Tatsumi Fujinami in Ta- Takayuki Aozuka, better known to you all in New Japan as the Submission Master. This would get a shot at the IWGWGP tag teams, Bam Bam Bigelow and Big Van Vader. The Steiners uh, end up winning this one. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I have fun watching this match. And then, of course, the big main event, which I already talked about quite a bit, how our Sting Squadron of Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Dustin Rhodes, Barry Windham, and the Russian Nightmare, Nikita Koloff taking on the Dangerous Alliance of uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stunning Steve Austin, whatever you want to call him, the Task, uh, the uh, Ringmaster, Double A, and Anderson, Beautiful Bobby Ean, and the Living Legend Larry Sabisco with Paulie and Medusa. Uh, I said this was one of the best War Games matches of all time, and I would definitely put it up there with the likes of the first War Games match of 87. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I agree. It was pretty good. Indeed. Indeed. And now we're going to go to our final moment of the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Beach Blast 92, which you just came on just in time. We were talking about the first match of the evening. However, Brian Pillman versus Scotty Flamingo, a.k.a. Raven. Uh, Pillman, of course, however, would drop the light heavyweight title to Scotty Flamingo, a.k.a. Raven. Uh, I thought it was a very good match to start out the show. Your thoughts about Pillman and Raven here to start off Beach Blast 92? Fun match. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Up next, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, of course, Ron Simmons taking on the tailor-made man, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, Simmons, of course, about three weeks after this, however, get his crack at the uh, world championship, however, of, uh, let's just say, however, mind you, and we'll talk more about that if you'll become the first African-American wrestler to do so. Uh, but Johnny B. Babbitt's here to MC the contest between Medusa and Missy High for the first lady of WCW. Jesse Ventura was not very happy about this, however, mind you, however. Missy did it right, however, with the evening gown competition while Medusa walked down in a wedding gown, however, mind you, and I didn't understand that. 
but it is what it is. So go figure. But anyway, Ron Simmons takes on the tailor-made Manhauer, if you will. Uh, Ron Simmons ends up winning this one against the tailor-made Manhauer, if you will. Uh, your thoughts about this and also the bikini contest between Medusa and Missy Hyatt. Interesting. Yes, yes, indeed. I would agree with you there on both of those fronts. Up next, another interesting match, however, if you will. Marcus Alexander Bagwell, if you will, taking on an old veteran, however, in Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine would start to slow down shortly thereafter, but uh, would still have a little bit left in the tank, if you will, however, taking on uh, the hammer, if you will. The hammer ends up laying the hammer down on Buff Bagwell, a very young, cocky Buff Bagwell, if you will, who would later be named Rookie of the Year 1992, which I still don't get. Uh, your thoughts about Bagwell and the hammer, Greg the Hammer Valentine here? Um, it was good. Yes, yes, indeed, I would agree. I would agree. Up next, of course, a very unique moment, however, here. A non-title falls count anywhere on the Gulf Coast match, however, between Sting and Mick Foley, however, mind you, that uh, saw the Stinger ended up winning on this one. Your thoughts about this one? Um, interesting. Yes. And, of course, we would see Sting later on in the year, of course, battle guys like Big Van Vader, of course, drop the title there. Up next, uh, probably one of my favorite matches of this entire show, and I've gone back to watch this numerous times, however, probably one of the best best of 30-minute Iron Man matchup at that time, however, was Ricky Rude versus Ricky Steamboat. Uh, Rude was down 3-1 at one point, however, but he came back, however, referring to the Dragon. He won the last three falls, including the final fall, however, 30 seconds left, however. Steamboat pulls off the win, however, this was absolutely a brilliant match. Your thoughts about uh, the 30-minute match between Steamboat and Rude? This one was a classic. Yes, very. It was a, it was a classic. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I would agree. Up next, of course, ladies and gentlemen, two final matches of the evening. Of course, up next, a six-person tag pitting Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby and Steve Austin versus Nikita Barry and Dustin Rhodes. However, if you will, however, and as a result, however. Uh, as a result, however, the Dangerous Alliance's uh, woes continue on this night, however, as uh, Nikita, Wyndham, and Rhodes pick up the win against Darn, Beautiful Bobby, and Stunning Steve Austin. Very interesting. Yes. And, of course, uh, shortly thereafter, we would see Ricky Steamboat talk about his big win when Paul Lee decides how and tells him how he will never get another title shot as far as the U.S. belt, as long as Rude is champion. Then Mick Foley starts brawling with uh, the Dragon, and this will lead to a program with the two of them, so go figure. Uh, up next, ladies and gentlemen, is our big main event, and again, this was a fantastic match, however, I thought, again, because it seemed like all these matches were very good, however, except for one, however, as we had four out of seven matches that went about 30 minutes long. Shortly thereafter, unfortunately, Bill Watts, however, would uh, start to fade away a little bit, but on this night, however, he wouldn't... Uh, do anything bad, however, let's just say, until later on, however. As a result, it would be the Steiners taking on Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Uh, all Japan, of course, called Williams and Gordy the Miracle Violence Connection, and I can see why these guys were hard-hitting all the way through. Uh, your thoughts about this 30-minute uh, classic that ended up being a draw with all four of them. This was absolutely a brilliant match again. Another really solid show from top to bottom. Your thoughts about the Steiners and Dr. Death and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Classic match. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so there you go, folks. Those are our thoughts, however, about uh, Beach Blast 92. Uh, one thing I also did point out, however, just a few moments ago, I don't know if you heard or not, according to reports, however, there are now reports saying that apparently Miles Garrett has signed a report of five-year, $25 million deal, but it could be worth uh, $22 million and $144 million, if you will, with the Cleveland Browns as he will be signing that contract possibly as early as tomorrow, maybe, if not by Thursday, as he's supposed to take a physical. Also, J.D. from NY, however, and you're going to love this, however, believe it or not. Uh, man, I just saw this right now, and of course, uh, J.D. from NY just did this video about a half hour ago. He is reporting now, according to reports, however, saying that Matt Hardy hates the way his brother is being portrayed in the storyline for good reason. But you're going to laugh at this if you're ready to hear this. If apparently this is true, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they're saying it could be true. Earlier today, uh, your buddy, the blue-haired little smurf herself and her little bestie, her little boily little mangina friend, Bailey, if you will, are now calling out Trish Stratus and Lita for SummerSlam. Apparently they want to match with both Trish and Lita at SummerSlam. 
And uh, that's going to be interesting. I will say that that's going to be very, very interesting. What are your thoughts about the announcement by Matt Hardy involving his brother and now the announcement by Bailey and, uh, let's just say Bailey and uh, Sasha saying that they want Tristan Lee at SummerSlam? I mean, you need Tristan Lee to help you get over the hump and pass the torch. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it in this fashion. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I will say that. It's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, everyone thought, and we all thought, I mean, we talked about it a little while ago. I mean, we thought we were going to see Bailey and Sasha possibly fight at some time. I mean, now it looks like that's not going to be the case, however, mind you. Uh, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, folks. We'll have to wait and see. Um, anyway, as I said, we're going to have a lot to discuss tonight, ladies and gentlemen, on Revolution, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're also going to talk about what was a very interesting Raw last night, ladies and gentlemen, that had people talking, some good, some bad, but again, folks, we're going to have a lot to talk about, uh, here tonight, here at the 9 o'clock hour, of course, as you know, uh, before we go, uh, of course, we want to remind you, of course, tomorrow night, of course, Mitt will be joining me with some of our colleagues, ladies and gentlemen, about what will be a very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, I guess I'm just trying to get our music uh, queued up here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to do this one. All right, here. I'm just trying to... Okay, there we go. I'm just tuning up my music, however, mind you. However. Uh, but I will... Uh, let's just say uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow night as far as... Uh, hold on a second. I'm trying... I thought I, well, I did it again. What's your thought about EP getting the COVID-19? What's that? What's your thoughts about DDP getting the COVID-19? I just heard that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes, folks. Uh, Mitch just pointed out to me, ladies and gentlemen, apparently Diamond Dow's page, ladies and gentlemen, however, uh, apparently, like I said, apparently, however, has apparently COVID-19, ladies and gentlemen. This is the second. Like I said, however, mind you, however, we're going to hear... Uh, well, we definitely wish him nothing but the best, however. We hope he, like I said, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on that story, however. I'm just, uh, yeah, I was surprised to hear that. I heard that today. Like I said, we're going to, like I said, I'm just trying to get this music here. Bear with me here. Hold on, folks. Okay, here. All right, hold on a second. I'm just queuing up the music here, guys. Okay, okay. Uh, what do you think about it, though? I mean, this is the second guy behind Rusev that has gone in. It's I just hope he don't. For his age, and I know he's doing well with the yoga and everything. I just yes. hope nothing bad happened to him. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I, he cannot I still... afford for him to die. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I agree. Uh, what I don't get is, and you'll agree with me on this one, too, however, uh, why are they still having Ric Flair on Raw is beyond me. I, I still don't get that at all. I think it's stupid. I mean, especially for his age, how I mean, he's out there, especially the way he was last night, speaking for Randy Orton and everything like that. How I just I don't get it. I don't know why Vince is still thinking that Ric Flair should be Randy's mouthpiece right now, especially when he should be at home taking care of himself, being with his uh, wife and everything like that, and uh, being uh, making sure his daughter's okay and everything, recovering from surgery and everything. I just don't get why Rick has to come to Raw every week and act like a pompous ass like he was last night, uh, if you ask me, by being Randy's uh, little bitch. If you want to use that term, Liz, and I talked about this with Michelle today, of course, speaking of bitches, that can be the same, same thing said about MVP, because I think MVP is nothing more than uh, Bobby Lashley's little bitch right now, because Bobby should do it on his own, but no, they have to put him together with MVP. More on very pissing, as I call him. I think it's a joke. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, we are definitely going to have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, uh, we also heard that apparently uh, QT Marshall has tested positive for the virus twice. Believe it or not, according to reports, are yeah, it says here according to DDP he took a COVID-19 test. For a number of days, he appeared to be experiencing symptoms and was becoming very sick. Was negative. He also spoke to QT Marshall at one point, tested positive about three weeks ago. Marshall told DDP that he experienced three days of symptoms and nothing after that. However, his wife tested negative while becoming very sick and experiencing one symptom after another. Uh, Marshall apparently underwent another test and said that he's still positive as of this week. Uh, but like I said, however, uh, we wish nothing but the best for DDP, uh, QT Marshall's wife, and also WWE former superstar Rusev, who apparently is still battling it right now. We understand, of course, we understand Rusev's uh, 
wife Lana's uh, mom and dad recently had some bouts with this uh, very unique uh, matter, however, let's just say, and uh, very interesting to say the least. But uh, we'll definitely have a lot to talk about at 9 o'clock, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely, you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that goes. However, I do want to thank, of course, my very special guest tonight, the King Club's Mick Patel here. Of course, we will be back at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. It will be a very fun show. However, you definitely want to stay tuned as far as that, of course. As Mitt has said goodbye to us this evening. Thank you very much, Mitt. Uh, we will talk to you again, like folks, again, coming up at 9 o'clock of Revolution again next week for another great moment. Our time machine is the time machine is now closed for the evening. So for the King of Clubs, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, uh, saying stay safe, be careful out there with what's going on uh, with the heat and humidity and the weather in general, but also everything besides the weather, however, with what's happening in the world today. Just use common sense to be safe out there and use common judgment, and use your brain, whatever you do, and don't be stupid. Folks, we will talk to you again, of course, next week in our time machine, ladies and gentlemen. So for now, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, and of course, we will talk to you soon here on the Talk Show Radio Network. And now, our closing theme as we wrap up this week's show here tonight. Bradshaw has had two fumbles and one interception. And he, at times, has not thrown the football well. He started off pretty well, uh, directing that 56-yard touchdown drive, but uh, he's since been ragged. The play that gave Dallas a 4 lead began as a rollout pass. When Bradshaw collided with Franco Harris, the ball popped loose. Bradshaw retrieved his fumble. Thomas Henderson and Mike Hegman stalked him like two burglars. One held him, the other robbed him. We will talk to you next week, folks, here on the Talk Show Radio Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.